This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God, we're all going into deep depression and it's going to be horrible. And oh my, and I blame Josh Arnold. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Josh, how you doing, Pally? You're blaming me already? <laughs> well, I've known you long enough. Now I can start blaming you for everything. <laughs> No, I was sitting watching television over the weekend, and a couple of times, mostly on CNN, they kept talking about the fact that we are, are we headed for a recession? It sure looks like it. Recession, recession, recession. And I, you know, I don't want to comment on things like that because I don't know how money works like a Josh Arnold would know how money works. That's why I reached out to you. I'm glad you could come on. Um, and Because the other thing is, Josh, you tell the truth. If there is something coming our way, you've always uh, pointed that out. But I wanted to run that by you. Is, is there a recession coming? And by the way, Pete, there's a huge difference between a depression and a recession. Most people, I guess, don't know that. Yes, there is a big, big, big difference between a, a recession and a, and a depression. So big difference. There is a big difference. What's your take on this recession uh, situation? Do you think we will? I mean, I suppose you do see off and on small recessions, but those are not the ones that make there, the there, there, there are recessions. We've talked about this before. We could be in a, a period of time where we have rolling recessions. Mm -hmm. Recession being defined broadly as uh, two straight quarters of negative GDP growth. Well, we had that two straight quarters of negative GDP growth, first during the government-mandated shutdown, right? Uh, during uh, uh, the co during COVID, and a year ago, uh, the first two quarters of 2022, two straight quarters of negative GDP growth. But you did not hear anyone saying we were in a recession now well, maybe a few a few people yeah. off to the side but no uh no media outlet cnn or msnbc or fox or abc nbc or cbs was talking about a recession a year ago they were talking about interest rates going up mm -hmm. to stop massive inflation, but they weren't talking about negative GDP growth. We have had, uh, since a year ago, we've had positive GDP growth, despite the fact that interest rates keep rising. And as many economists have pointed out and investment people, at some point, a negative yield curve uh, will produce a recession. Well, a negative yield curve, meaning that the short-term interest rates are higher than longer-term interest rates. And that is a typical precursor to a recession. Well, guess what? If we do have a broad recession, it'll be one of the most advertised in history. <laughs> You're right about that. Uh, uh, so, now, and it's also, however, and this is, this is something that's become a uh, conundrum for the Federal Reserve. 
inflation, well, not in, not only inflation is sticky, but relating to wage inflation, but whatever the Fed is doing trying to kick up unemployment by raising interest rates because they feel that higher unemployment will slow the economy down and bring down wages, whatever they're trying to do, unemployment keeps dropping. So we are, we have a very low rate of unemployment and very difficult if you have a low rate of unemployment um, and still a tremendous uh, demand for jobs and there's still a lot of jobs open to have a recession. Right. Now, at some point that could that could happen. But it's not not happening, broadly speaking, right now. I, I just wonder why it is that these news stations, Fox does it, CNN does it, the others do it. Um, I, I got to believe it doesn't help for CNN to go on the air and say, hey, are we going into a recession? What, do they have enough viewers? They have millions of viewers. I, I think 10 million, something like that. Telling 10 million people that we're going into a recession, could that help trigger a recession? Sure. That's Somebody what I thought. Stops, stops, stops. Oh, my goodness. Things are going to be bad or things are yep. bad. Better not do anything. Let's just take the money, take the money out of stocks, put it in the, put it in the bank, put it under the mattress. Um, if too many businesses, in particular small businesses, hear this, oh, better not expand, better not start a business. Right. Right now. No good. No good. Yeah, I just don't. I uh, really wish the news channels would not try to make money off of other people's misery, and they all do it. Well, as, uh, as you know from being, we'll say, in, uh, from doing radio for just a brief period of time, I think you've done it. Yeah, a couple of years. Just a few years. Uh, there was, a, I know there was an old newspaper saying, if it bleeds, it leads. Oh, yeah. Negative news sells. And when talking about stocks, uh, bad news also sells. And bears, as my number two son likes to say, bears always sound smarter than bulls. Yeah. But bulls always make money. That's a great story. Well, thank you so much for, for this, Josh, because I just, I don't know anything about this. Why? That's why, you know, I talk to people like you and get my advice from people like you. But I see this, and I knew, because you and I had talked about this just about a week or two ago, is there anything coming? And, and at that time, you said, no, things are looking really pretty good. But I just don't want TV news to drive us into a recession by d- talking about this. So stop well, that. Well, I've, I've, I've said that on, I'll say, uh, my money talk show for, for a while. The more people hear about recession, uh, the more people start acting as if there is one. Yep. That's exactly right. And that's why I wanted to have you on. Now I have to put up with you two days this week, today and Friday. What's that all about? 
We're just getting too close. That's all it is. Uh, <laughs> old bookend, Josh. <laughs> Josh, thank you so much for, for, for coming on with us, because I just don't want people to think, just don't believe or believe very little of what the national, lo, local news is fine. National news has gotten to be just a mag, magnificent horror house. It's all about money always, right? Yeah, it's always. Well, I had somebody say that to me the other day at the golf course. It's only about the money. Yeah. And I said, well, <laughs> in some cases, that, that is true. I guess so. Well, thank you, sir. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you on Friday. You got a deal. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Josh Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, you can hear him every uh, Friday. With the family, he's uh, he's got his own talk show. He's got he's a very, very uh, look. I got very lucky. I got to know Josh, and we spent a lot of time. We got to go out to dinner once in a while and hang out and all the rest of it. And when I see things like that, I want to go. Why don't we go to an expert and ask them? Maybe I shouldn't listen to the news anchor telling me we're going into a recession when I had just talked to people in the know saying no, we're not yeah. going into a recession. Mm-hmm. And literally, people think. Because I talked to a couple of people after that. They went on and on this weekend about recession, recession, recession. People don't hear recession. They hear depression, and they think it's 1929 all over again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose it could happen if they blow the world up or whatever. But um, I just, I'm just i so glad that he was able to come on with us and say, no, there are no signs right now. You know, Long term, who knows what's going to happen. But for right now... They're just telling you that to scare you so they can make more money because you watch more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? No, it is scary. And, you know, a lot. I, I wasn't, you know, buying and selling houses at ta- the time. But my husband, he bought his first house in Lakeville with the um, with kind of the housing bubble that popped. And yeah. he's he's gun shy. When he hears things like this, it freaks him I out. I know. Um, he's like, well, you know, Brittany, we've got a bloody... And it, it is true. It makes you nervous. Um, there's a lot of similarities that kind of cue up his triggering. So I get it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. No question about it. I just... Everybody just wait to hear it from the experts. And news anchors are not experts other than Chris Eggert, of course. Of course. Frank Vassalero. Hashtag you know. fine flash. Yeah, it's a whole different world there. But. Chris Eggert, he's the Frank Vassalero of Minneapolis yes. News. Yes, he is. There's no getting around it. <laughs> if only we had one of those. Oh, wait. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm so glad that that went on. Because I just, you're doing this to make money, you pigs. Yeah. Ugh. Why don't you get off your ass and go make some money? How about that? Instead yeah. of lying to people about this, that, or the other thing. Josh seems like a pretty smart guy when it He's comes to this stuff. Guy. Because I remember there was a, a financial person we had on on a morning show that I worked at, and I had asked, I said, what's the number one thing I should do with my money? Like, what's really, like, when it all boils down to it, should I invest it? Should I, uh, you know, should I put it into real estate? What, what do you suggest I should do? And she said, um, well, uh, you should uh, you should have money. You should, you should, you should have money. Oh, you don't oh, do okay. that. You okay. don't, you don't. Have- yeah, yeah, I'm asking you, how do I make money so I can? Ha- well, you should have money. Oh, you that not- was great advice. That That's was so, so fun- funny. Thank you so much for. And your for life this. has never been the same. The same. It's been changed ever since. Oh, you're very I now welcome. have money. Thank you so much. Do you think we'll ever get a national uh, news show that doesn't lean heavily one way or the other? Or is that just never going to happen? Because think- the money's all in making people nervous. You give um, a lot 
of, you have a lot of like nervous energy around people finding their news elsewhere. But I think that that's a nice way to get rid of that clear divide. Um, I know algorithms still are going to be confirmation biased. Mm -hmm. But I do think right now it's like I can't imagine jumping on a news network and deciding which network knowing that they are just going to lean one way or the other. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. So There's I, nobody in the middle. Yeah, I is think there? I don't. I I don't. I have no idea because that's not how I get my news. How do you get your news? Usually, I jump on about five hundred different websites and read about five hundred different things. That's even worse. Yeah, I. <laughs> but I. Why would I want to know that Fox is giving me this or CNN is giving me this? I know. Like, I, I don't, agree. It feels very like here. Take your medicine, bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, like. <laughs> I don't want that. I know what you're doing. I know what you're pushing. I know you're going to yeah. pretend to have a veiled both sides. Like, no, thank you. Do your own research, in other words, is what you're saying. Yeah, but you also have to have a lot of time to do it. Yeah, you do. Oh, my God. Well, it's all about money. That's It's money, 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 money. That's what everything's about now, so good for you, because you've got a small penis. That's the problem. Money talks. Bup, bup, bup. We got to take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Bernard here for Power Lodge and Miller Marine. Attention all power sports enthusiasts. This August, we invite you to celebrate with Power Lodge as they hit a major milestone, 25 years of bringing action and excitement to Minnesota as your go-to destination for all things marine and power sports course. To say thank you, each of their locations will host a local community appreciation day. It's a great idea. Join Power Lodge in Brainerd, Ramsey, Onamia, or St. Cloud as they roll out the red carpet with delicious food, amazing prizes, fantastic giveaways, and unbeatable special pricing. As the grand prizes, they'll be raffling off a variety of Polaris ATVs and snowmobiles. Check out PowerLodge.com for event dates near you this Saturday, August 12th. Join Hubbard and Ramsey at Power Lodge from noon to 2 when Tom Bernard Morning Show and Score North Swag. Plus, someone who registers to win on Saturday will score a pair of Gopher Cornhusker home opener football tickets. Ooh, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Great stadium, too. That's on the 31st of August, by the way. Lower level seats and on the 50-yard line. What do you think of that action? Yeah. Follow uh, Power Lodge on social media as they unveil 25 days of deals on the latest off-road and on-road vehicles, boats, and supplies from the top brands in power sports. That's right. 25 days of back-to-back incredible offers. You won't want to miss this. Mark your calendar for this Saturday and get in on the action during the 25th anniversary Power Lodge, where throttle therapy begins. There's a guy named Tom Cross who likes to do kite things. Tom takes the phrase, go fly a kite to an extreme, and for years goes all over the country in search of great kite flying events. Lincoln City, Oregon comes to mind with Chinook winds and seven miles of pristine beach that draws folks from all over North America for the best kite flying conditions in the world. Tom brings a little Minnesota with him when he goes to Lincoln City in his new 2109S Rockwood Mini Light Travel Trailer. The new lightweights from Rockwood are very popular. Tom hauls his trailer from Niemeyer Trailer Sales in Albertville and Elko New Market, Minnesota. Niemeyer Trailer Sales is the only place Tom would prepare his next kite flight. Solar panels, exterior griddle, air conditioning are just a few of the standard features in his Rockwood by Forest River from the place that is your ultimate RV headquarters since 1965. This is Tom Bernard. Visit my friends at Niemeyer Trailer Sales and take your passion on the road. Niemeyer Trailer Sales. Go to N-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-S dot com. Niemeyer Trailer Sales. 
Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take Personal Care Dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids, a cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This spring and summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Gluten and caffeine-free with a generous portion of delicious thrown in. Killebrew, where memories are created and legends are made. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. My God, it's already 922. And my God, that means we have to talk to Phil Mackey. What do you think of that? Oh, what a drag. What a drag. If you thought your Monday was bad already, now you get a dose of me. Yes. Where are you? I'm in the Scornar Studios that we barely ever use. I was going to say, you're holding the mic up in your hand. I love that. So, well, yeah, I could, I, I, if I could turn this, I'd show you. So we are multitasking here. Uh, our producer, Declan, is recording uh, a Purple Daily episode on the other side of the glass here. Oh, okay. With the main studio equipment. So I have my, my backpack remote microphone set up here with uh, a picture of Randy Moss mooning the Packers fan. <laughs> I remember <Yep>. that. <laughs> and Joe Buck, by the way, just apoplectic. Oh, yeah. That was 19 yep. years ago. Really? A despicable act by... Did he actually pull his pants down, Joe? Call Dumb. down, guy. Dumb. I was actually... I meant to send, this to, uh, to send this to you guys. When I was in Boise last week, I was in a bar, and there was a guy in there who was like a big sports memorabilia guy. And I came across... A signed Randall Cunningham number seven photo. I'll hold it up so you guys can see it. Oh, wow. Look at that. And uh, yeah, they had this thing as far up the wall as you possibly could get. Like the edge of it was literally, if you look at the next photo, I took a photo for how high it was on the wall there. 
Yeah. And I climbed the yeah. ladder to get a picture of that thing. And I'm like, why do you keep it all the way up there? And he goes, you'd be amazed at how many people don't like Randall Cunningham. Yeah, I think people loved Randall Cunningham until the second half of the 1998 <laughs> NFC Championship yeah. game. Mm-hmm. You know, little yep. little urine coming down his leg probably uh, <laughs> impacted yeah. things. Yeah. Geez, that's never happened to the Vikings before. What are you talking about? No, never. <laughs> never once. It's amazing. By the way, I'm going to... Uh, Head out to Vikings training camp today. They've got a practice today, practice tomorrow. Uh, a night. It's a night practice for for fans tomorrow, and then they play their first preseason game on Thursday. But uh, I saw a graphic. I think it was on like the CBS Sports uh, Twitter account or something a couple weeks ago, and they listed every team in NFL history by how many division titles they've won. Was the first row, and the Vikings have like the third most division titles oh, yeah. ever. Yep. And then below that, they put how many Super Bowl championships each team has. <laughs> and the, and the, top, the Vikings are third in divisions. The top 10 teams in division titles have like 40 Super Bowl titles combined. Yep. And we're still uh, one more. Maybe this is the year, though. Maybe this is the year. I'm holding my breath. I'll tell you the truth. Seriously, I cannot tell you. Like I said, I started watching the Vikings because my brother Terry came home from Vietnam. And I wanted to spend some time with him. So at 15 years old, because I didn't watch him the first six years, I turned 15. I started watching with my brother, and I've been a huge fan. And the 1970s was an amazing time to be a Viking fan, except you got your heart crushed four different times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's, and I feel like, you know, we, uh, we have two or three shows a week on Purple Daily where we welcome fans in to sort of help us co-host the show. Just, you know, we want to be fan-friendly. And... I usually find that people got hooked in one of three different, really it's like one of three different eras or even specific seasons. Mm-hmm. You either became a Vikings fan in the 70s. It was either one of the Super Bowl years that hooked you in as a 15-year-old or like a 12-year-old. Right. Or you got hooked in 1998. Or you got hooked, if you're if you're sort of a Gen Zer, you got hooked on the Brett Favre season of 2009. And I don't know how many people got hooked in the 80s. There was kind of a weird... Uh, they weren't bad in the 80s, but they just weren't yeah. as fun, I guess, or relevant. But you talk to almost any Vikings fan. When did you become a fan? Oh, the 98 season. Yeah. Or, oh, the Bud yeah. Grant, you know, Purple People Eaters. Yeah. I wish I was... This It's one of my, uh, like, local sports regrets is the, the year I was born was 1985. I would love to have been alive. Whoops. To just experience... <laughs> A little bit of like outdoor, miserable, grinded out football in the seventies, the purple people eater era. You know? It was phenomenal. It that it was great. When they were at Met Stadium, the old baseball stadium, uh, Steve Hatley and I had a pair of tickets on the third deck behind home plate. Watching yeah. a football game from way up there was amazing. <laughs> God, that was wonderful. Yeah, but that IKEA is pretty badass right now in Bloomington. Yeah, yeah you can have so. a lot of iconic moments there as well. <laughs> Ikea. Yeah. Yeah. I think My it's, buddy. aren't we, uh, well, I guess the Mall of America technically sits on the, uh, mm-hmm. the stadium grounds, yeah, but right. the Ikea across the street. Did you know, Tom, my first ever interview in my media career was uh, as a second grader. I was eight years old. Oh, God. And mm-hmm. I interviewed Carl Eller. One of my favorite Vikings of all time. I love yeah. him. Great guy. Did you have hard-hitting questions, Phil? What did you ask him? Uh, one of my questions, it was for a school project, and Carl and my dad both worked in sort of the alcohol rehab uh, oh, sure. sector of the county. And so they had kind of become acquaintances or friends for, for a while. And so 
he arranged, we had to interview someone for like a second grade project. And my yeah. dad thought it'd be a pretty fun flex if uh, my son interviewed Carl Eller, one of the greatest pass rushers of all time. So uh, before we did this like little 10 minute sit down, we went to the old Hubert's across the street sure. from the Metrodome. Sure. Which was a great, it was really the only sports bar for, you know, 10 or 15 years within a couple blocks of uh, the Metrodome. So we go, we meet for lunch. So my dad wanted to introduce me to Carl first, you know, hey, you know, so we, we walk in and Carl, this is, you know, Carl's probably in his early 50s at the time. So he still had the physique, the big hands, you know. And so we walk in again, I am eight years old and I know, I know sports trivia enough as an eight year old. So my dad introduces me and says, Philip, this man right here is Carl Eller. And he played in four Super Bowls with the Minnesota Vikings God. in the 1970s. Wonderful. And my smart ass responded. <laughs> and he lost them all. Oh. Mm. oh. What? Oh. Like, like, like just trying to show, like, yeah. I, see, I know, yeah, I yeah. know you, sports right, trivia. Right. It's like you spitting out any facts. You, that happens to me all the time. You spit out any facts you have around the information. You realize, oh, right. no. Yeah. I'm a monster. There's this moment right now I'm thinking about from the movie Airplane where that kid is talking to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. And he's like, my dad says you only average 2.8 rebounds per game when you should be moving your ass up and down the court. And, and Kareem just like turns around and he was like, you tell your old man you know how hard it is to work down in the paint. Yeah. My dad says, Lanier, kick your ass up and down the court. How did he respond, Phil? He la- he, he, luckily, he laughed his ass off. And I don't know, we ate lunch or whatever, and then we went and did this little 10-minute interview. And my dad wanted me to just craft the questions on my own. So I just asked questions that a second grader would ask Carlo, like, yeah. how many touchdowns did you score in your career? Yeah. And he kind of laughs. He's like, well, I scored one touchdown one time, but I was a defensive player, you dumbass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Hey, still, it's like, that's so cute. Did you record it, or did, were you just like... We did record it, <gasps> but Car- so... I, I, ha- I have a copy on my computer that at some point, so this is this is 1992 now, so this is, you know, 25 years ago, whatever, 30, 31 years ago. Jesus. And Carl did, he made us promise, hey, this is just for a class project, right? It's not, this isn't like going to be distributed anywhere. You guys aren't trying to make money off this or whatever. And we promised, no, this will just be for the class and for family. But it's been 30 years. Right. So I feel like we can play it on Purple Daily or maybe on this show at some point. And I don't think he would get mad about it. We can even no, ask him, hey, it's no. been 30 years, Carl. Do you care if we I say we you give that? it a re-listen. Make sure there's nothing in there that uh, would yeah. be awkward. And then send it to him and say, can I play this now that I'm in? I mean, think about the career you've built around all of that and that being he'd, such a yeah, starting he'd point. Think it's, he'd probably think it's cool, right? Like yeah. this little rugrat that was asking me dumb questions about scoring touchdowns now is still inexplicably asking, yeah. gets paid to talk about sports for a living. Still so. asking dumb questions, but uh-huh. just getting Correct. paid for it. <laughs> you know, i got to be honest with you. The first time I ever met Carl Eller, he was in front of me at a, you know, Associated Bank there. It's, it's right down the block from here. Yeah. Uh, he was, it was a call something else at that time, but he was standing, he was in front of me in line at the bank. So, I don't know, he turned around and said hello or whatever, and I just, you know, we're talking about this, that, and the other thing, and I'm just having a great time because I have always loved Carl Eller. First time I ever met him, and apparently, you know, I had just gotten up because my voice was like this deep. It was really deep when I wake up. (laughs) And he goes, Tom, I got to tell you. And by the way, let me point out to people who might not know, Carl Eller is six inches taller than me, 
and his shoulders are about twice as wide as mine are. And I started getting, yeah. you know, pretty excited about this and the other thing. And all of a sudden he goes, hey, Tom, cut, cut back, man. You're scaring me. <laughs> It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I bet you're terrified of me, you're Carl. Bre- you're breathing on me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> he is huge, man. People don't know how big that fella is. Yeah, and those guys got the I, – I, we were at uh, a restaurant getting lunch this weekend, and we just kind of saw the – my wife and I were uh, on mute on the bar TV. They were showing the Hall of Fame inductions, and, mm-hmm. and oh, they right, still yeah. now they'll, – they'll put like seven or eight players in, and, it's, and there was an old Jets player from the 80s, and – God, those guys that played in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, they didn't get rich, really. They had second no, jobs. Right. You know, they took a beating physically, and now they're kind of left to look around, you know. Does anyone remember me? Am I able to get out of bed? So it's just kind of, you know, those guys who were heroes to a lot of people, not, not as much Carl necessarily, but they struggle later in life, and it's, it's kind of sad to watch that era of NFL players now. No, I think you're making a really good point because – well, look, I've been very, very lucky, and Phil, and probably everybody on the show, to have made friends with some of the football players, baseball players, all the rest of it. Like Chuck Foreman. I adore Chuck Foreman. He's one of my favorite people in the world. And I feel very, very fortunate to have even met the guy, and we became good friends, which I love that stuff. I really do. I'm a big fan of that whole setup, you know? Yeah, we I'm- lost... Uh, Phil. Yeah, I was going to say, I could hear Phil was having a little bit of a breakup in his connection. So we'll, uh, we'll, if he pops back on, we'll bring him back up. It's already 9.33, so I don't know if he will or not, but if he pops back in, I'll bring him up. Nope. Declan's at fault here. It was really funny, too, because obviously, you know, I didn't grow up watching sports at all. I don't know much about sports, but I love, I love, I love our conversation we have around it, but I always knew Philip Wise as Philip Wise. Yeah, oh yeah. Philly, I had... I mean, I knew, I, I knew because I'm not an idiot, I knew he played football, but I just knew him on such a personal level. And then one day he shows me these photos. He's like, hey, I, I, I got something for you. And he brought in these photos for me um, that he printed out for me. They were, you know, of him walking or running past OJ in a game. And it was just really cool where I'm like, of course all this happened. It would have been the other way around. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry, sorry. We're... <laughs> OJ was running past him. I have it still that he gave me. That's when he was with the Jets. Yes. Yeah. And it was just yep. like, of course all that happened. But sometimes you meet people in a weird circumstance where I always yeah. thought of him as yep. a coworker or, you know, this on-air presence. Um, I just love Philip Wise. My favorite Philip Wise story, because I've known Philip about 40-some years Which now. is crazy. Long, long time. I don't get to see him anywhere near as much as I'd like to anymore because, you know, his health's not that great. But... He and I used to go running on Theodore Worth Parkway. Great running spot. Just Great ran over spot. there the other day. A lot of hills, all the rest of it. It's beautiful. But he pissed me off because... He ran backwards. Yeah, that's not a great feeling. Thanks a lot, Philip. I feel so good about my athletic ability now. You're running backwards and are still faster than I am. So I've been running a lot lately, like a lot. I've been running with the go uh, with the um, go go. It's one of our things we do when I get done with this um, show. Is I try to run before it gets too hot with her in the running stroller, and I was running with Justin. Not too long ago, and he barely ever runs. Okay. And he was determined to push the stroller Uh-oh. because of the optics of it. And I was yeah. like, listen, <laughs> listen. Like, there's just times where you go, listen. Listen. I, I'm a better runner than you right now. <laughs> yeah, get it. Granted, if Justin wanted to, he could pra- run a couple weeks and be 
way, you know, surpassing me. But in that scenario, I was like, knock it off. Let me push the running stroller. Otherwise, we are going to be doing 12-minute miles, and nobody has time for that. Hey, Phil, you're back. So, God. I'm glad to see it. Yeah, it's, it's almost like uh, the uh, 23-year-old AM radio studio that we're trying to Jamie rig into a YouTube studio needs... Needs an internet facelift, so we'll try a different we'll try a different device here and see if this holds up. I mean, who would think that a, uh, you're in a building that literally has its own designated tower and you're still yes. struggling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're trying. It's funny because we're trying to we're literally trying to take the old AM fifteen hundred talk studio. That's you know I don't I don't know when the last time they remodeled this was, but we're trying to jimmy. It's like when people put spoilers on Honda Civics. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There you we're go. We're trying to jimmy rig this into a YouTube studio, and uh, it's like we're. Uh, we're trying to drive at like 125 miles an hour on the freeway, and it's you know, it's needling at 105, telling us back off. So <laughs> hopefully that, the internet is that literally the old, the one that I worked in all those years ago. Is that the same 1500 studio? I don't think it's the same building. I it think, is the same building. Yeah, I think at at some point in like the late 90s or the early 2000s, I think they remodeled and they flipped where the producer control room is mm-hmm. in the main studio. So, uh, but it is definitely the same building because this building goes back to yeah. what the 1950s. I want to say great building. I think the only studio that's still exactly where it was where it was first built is that one that's back in the corner, it, way back in the corner on the score north side. If that's still yeah. there, because yeah, oh, okay, that, yeah, yeah, kind of by Mary's office back yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the original. But everything else, you're right. But a lot of those those old analog boards, they sound so good, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad. You know what's funny? They're they're durable more than you would think. Too. Do you remember uh, uh, a weekend producer named Joe Dunford, Joey D? Mm. No. So he was like a he produced like Saturday morning sports <clears throat> talk with uh, Suture and Royce for a while. And he's one of the nicest guys ever. He, about four years ago, and these are probably, like, these are, like, 30-year-old, these are these are classic mixing boards that are going to be in the, you know, the museum at some point. Mm-hmm. But they still, you know, they still work and whatever. He spilled a full cup of coffee right in the middle of the board. What like a shock. Oh, that's, Who ever heard of that? Oh, terrible feeling. God. And uh, and all of us are kind of like, oh, maybe the, you know this, maybe this we get some digital uh, mixing boards, right? And yeah. Sure we have such amazing engineers. They spent the whole weekend drying it out, fixing it. You know, they had to order like one extra part. It, it like the crypt keeper. It just came back to life. It sat up from the casket. The mixing board is yeah. still in play. Yeah. <laughs> I got to come over there, and and maybe you could lead me around. Because, I, you know, back in the day, you just had to go up the two flights of stairs, and you'd be right there at the 1500 studios. Yeah. And just talking to you guys, one of the reasons I'd like to go in that air space again, even though it's not a studio anymore, is because I would say 80% of the guys I worked there with died very young. And I mean killed in motorcycle accidents, all kinds of stuff. They died very, very young. So, I mean, going in there, I think Chuck Knapp, it might be Chuck Knapp and I might be the only ones that are still alive. Everybody else died yeah. in accidents and tragedies. Nap and donuts, man. I grew up on on uh, not only Tom <clears throat> Bernard, but Nap and donuts sure. in the nineties. But you know? Nap and Bush was the original one, and then Charlie was okay. the first one to die. He got, and I think he died at like fifty eight or something. And so then, basically, if you work in this building for a chunk of time, uh, feel unsettled is what yeah. you're saying. No, I'm just feel saying it, it. It would give me great memories and great feeling just to walk in that what used to be that studio. And remember, yeah. Larry Carolla. I mean, he's another guy. Died very, very young. Don't yeah. point no, at you're your welcome watch in to here. me, You're sister. welcome in here. 
She's telling me to get to get you the hell off the air. Do you have to get off? Uh, so I do. We actually have so tonight, Monday Night Raw, WWE Monday Night Raw is at Target Center downtown oh, Minneapolis. Of course it is. Yeah, don't tell Brittany. She's got <laughs> oh. her tickets. Yeah. Are you going? No. Oh no, I am not. I took my one friend <laughs> Eric to that table ladders and chairs TLC yes. one time, and I would. I've. It is an experience. So we had, I was at that too, by the way, floor seats for table. Of course you were. So, so Declan and I, we have a little connection with the WWE who, uh, who found us some floor seats again tonight. And Natalia, Natalia has the most women's wins of any women's wrestler in WWE history. And she's actually coming in studio here, <gasps> uh, assuming we can get the internet to, to work the way we want wow. in like three minutes. So Did you just we're going to geek out. Are you torturing me now? Because almost every one? professional wrestler I used to hang out with is dead, too. Thanks a lot, Thanks, Bill, Bill for leaving us with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to remind you of all the dead people, all the yeah, ghosts yeah. in your life. Thanks, Tom. Bill. Have a great day. Enjoy exactly. your little show. And yeah, Tom. Yeah. Your little <laughs> show. That's I, nice. meant the, I meant the raw one, not his actual yeah. show. <laughs> oh, e- no. Either way. Either way, we're good. All, all right. right. Love I'll, you, Phil. Uh, I'll talk to you guys on Friday. See you. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Phil Mackey. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil Beyond with Ken Herbeck on Friday. No, I mean, that, that kind of stuff does mean things to me, to walk in the room where I met all those people for the very first time. and But then he brings up wrestling made it worse because Jesse Ventura, I think, is the only one still alive that I used to hang out with. The yeah. rest of them are all dead. And I wonder, God, I wonder what all, like the main threads. I mean, they have a high tendency to take risk, right? They're high risk people. Like steroids, you mean? Not only risk, but you said <laughs> yeah. motorcycle accidents oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. stuff like that. So you go, okay, is it a personality trait or is it, you know, of course you think medical, steroids, so so painful on your heart. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, but yeah, I wonder what the common threads would be with some of that. Well, it's, it's exactly what you're talking about. First of all, if you're a public figure, it does take its toll on you. There's no question about that, that it just does. And with, with wrestlers, it was almost always steroids. And I'm not talking about guys who died because like, they got old. None of them got old. I mean, they started dying at like 42, I think, oh in wrestling. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. Hawk was, I think, 42 when he died. Maybe a little older than that, but not much. Me and my mom were talking about this the other day. Shout out, Beverly. Um, talking about you and how it's so crazy that you didn't take steroids because I wouldn't do it. Because it's like it was an unstudied thing at the time. It was like, hey, take this thing. It was kind of like when e-cigarettes came out and we didn't know that they were necessarily as bad for you as cigarettes. Yeah. It was an unstudied thing going around in your community that said, hey, take these and you can bulk up quick. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, that would be if, if my friend was handing me something and it's fine, you, I probably would just take it. Mm-hmm. Not me. No I way. know. That's amazing. We, me and my mom both agree that that was amazing. If you were at the beginning of the steroid. Um, the very beginning, yeah. And you, there wasn't like, I mean, all this research now, if you're taking steroids, you know where your path is probably going. But back then there wasn't anything saying no. that this is necessarily bad for you or could kill you. No, or, there was no proof there was anything wrong with it. Yeah. Until people started dying, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that and changed everything. Was a big part of it, because I know the the saying roid rage really came um, yes. out of that. Was that a big problem you saw in guys then with was, like a domestics and stuff? That was the number one reason I didn't do them. I didn't do steroids because can you imagine me having roid rage? Oh, God, it would have been hideous. It would have been absolutely. I saw things happen when guys were in roid rage. Oh, 
I mean, I swear to God, those guys were so big, so strong, so steroided out. They could literally tear a human being in half if they wanted to. Yeah, there's a show called The Program, an old movie, oh, like 20 okay. years ago called The Program, where one of the players is on steroids, and when he finds out that he makes you know, the starting roster for the defense, he freaks out and goes out in the parking lot and smashes his head through a, win- <laughs> a window of a car. And somebody was like... There it is. In happiness? No, not in happiness. No, it's called the program. No, no, no. no. I'm saying uh, that. Oh, and ha- happy, oh, happy. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He did this. His yep. emotions were so unhinged that he was this happy that he yes. smashed. He it. was so excited. He went out, and the coaches <laughs> see it, and they're like, they're like, uh, he said, said something like, uh, "Can you tell coach to not have a steroid test on Monday?" And they're like, "Yeah, let's hold off on the steroid <laughs> test." Yeah. And then come to find out, the guy who wrote that movie, he wrote that because that specifically happened to him when he was in football in college. Oh, a guy found out that he made the roster, went out and put his head through because he was freaking out and just you know had to go get twelve stitches in his head and then didn't care. Crazy. <laughs> Before steroids, just to have people, and I'm talking about the late 60s and then into the 70s. It really got big in the 70s. But back then, I believe the world bench press record was 405. That was back in the late 60s. Okay. It is now 1150. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but protein. Jesus. But protein. There's a lot of protein involved. Yeah. yeah. 1150 uh, pounds for CrossFit. Christ's sake. Yeah. CrossFit, yeah. Lyle Elzato, that was like the first big death when he played for the Raiders. Yep, Remember that? Brain. He was, yeah, just this massive dude who just like, I mean, long hair, mullet, had the glasses. He was just a badass. And then right, right all of a sudden, one day somebody saw him and they're like, what's up with him, man? Yeah. He's just dwindling down to nothing. And yep. it was the steroids had just completely taken over his body and oh. killed him. Yeah. He said that that... that growth in his head was almost as big as his whole brain. Yeah, That's insane. It yeah. just ate away at his brain. Oh, unfortunate. Nice mm-hmm. guy, by the way. I never met him, but I talked to him on the phone on, on KQ once many, many years ago. I think it was on, maybe it was before that. Could not have talked to a nicer guy. Yeah. And the before and after photos are, I'm just looking at them. Devastating to look at him because when he was on the field, no. them giant arms and that big beard, and then just a, a shell of what he used to be. Yep. So awful. back in the day before it was kind of regulated and looked at were steroids looked at no like no long-term consequences like did they say no, that the, no they said there there are no consequences at all it's been tested and tested and tested this will not hurt you in any cuz they didn't know yeah. they had no idea I, but if you're all of a sudden building massive muscle structure what, that just doesn't happen without a consequence don't you worry about things like that for like Ozempic is the big thing now, yeah, taking Ozempic, Ozempic yeah, and you yeah. go, of course, I, I want to trust that people's doctors know best, but you go, how much has this been studied if you're yeah. using this for weight loss? What 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 are the long-term effects? Like, it's just, that just scares the heck out of me. Plus, you get a pimply back. That's the other part I didn't mm-hmm. like. Steroids? Steroids give I, you pimples everywhere on your back. On your butt, too, I bet. On your butt, too, yes. All right, we do have to take a break. Lisa Guerrero will join us right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Hi, this is Tom Bernard here for Power Lodge and Miller Marine. Attention all power sports enthusiasts. This August, we invite you to celebrate with Power Lodge as we hit a major milestone, 25 years of bringing action and excitement to Minnesota as your go-to destination for all things marine and power sports. To say thank you, each of our locations will host a local community appreciation day. Join us in Brainerd, 
Ramsey, Onamia, or Sauk Rapids as we roll off the red carpet with delicious food, amazing prizes, fantastic giveaways, and unbeatable special pricing. As the grand prizes, we'll be raffling off a variety of Polaris ATVs and snowmobiles. Check out PowerLodge.com for event dates nearest you. And that's not all. Throughout August, we've got something special planned. Follow us on social media as we unveil 25 days of deals on the latest off-road and on-road vehicles, boats, and supplies from the top brands in power sports. That's right. 25 days of back-to-back incredible offers. You won't want to miss this. So mark your calendars and get in on the action during our 25th anniversary. Power Lodge, where your adventure begins. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Do you know the secret to losing up to one pound of fat every day? Hi, I'm Dr. Adam Schatzko with MNFatLoss.com, and I know the secret. Our unique weight loss program makes it easy to lose weight, get healthy, and get your energy back naturally, safely, and effectively. If you'd like to lose unhealthy fat without counting points, no exercising, no prepackaged meals, no surgery, and no hypnosis, go online to mnfatloss.com. If you're interested in losing weight, I highly recommend the MN Fat Loss Program. I started the program earlier this year. I've lost 28 pounds. Honestly, it's been easy. I don't have to exercise. I eat delicious real food, and I'm not hungry. I recommend the program to anyone wanting to lose weight. Many patients lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two. For your free private weight loss consultation, call 763-312-7600 or schedule online at mnfatloss.com. That's mn. Fatloss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, DC. Results may vary. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Lisa Guerrero with us. How you doing, Lisa? I'm doing great, Tom. How are you? Marvelous now that you're here. Aw, shucks. <laughs> you're going with aw, shucks. Is that what you're going with? Um, yeah. You know, Lisa is working on a million different things. I was just looking at, boy, you got about 15 different things going on right now, Lisa. Yeah, it's because I don't have kids, and so that <laughs> affords me a lot of time to focus on my career, which I do like seven days a week, but it's fun. I, I feel really blessed to have these many opportunities, to be honest with you. I understand. I understand that. Secrets of Playboy on A&E, final two weeks of the episode, Mondays at 9 p.m. The episodes Lisa is featured in, premiered uh, tonight and August 14th, as a matter of fact. Lisa's long-awaited uh, debut memoir, Warrior, My Path to Being Brave. There's so many things to talk about, but the Secrets of Playboy... You know, I, I just watched a special on on uh, that whole situation, and I cannot remember. I think, Lisa, you would probably know this, that he bought the Playboy Mansion in L.A. for like $1.1 $1. $1 million, 
Yeah, back in the day, you know, he was moving <laughs> the the organization from Chicago to Los Angeles, and he wanted to have this mansion, kind of, you know, this palatial estate right. that he could host parties and have photo shoots. So he bought the Playboy Mansion, and interestingly, you know, through the years, and I've been to the Playboy Mansion, and it is nothing like you would imagine. It smells like mildew. It was always kind of musty. (laughs) There were dirty dirty old drunk men everywhere in all the corners. So it wasn't the glamorous place that a lot of people think it is, and that's kind of part of what we explored on season one of Secrets of Playboy last year. I I hosted the final two episodes then. And we really focused on Hugh Hefner and the dark side of the mansion and and what happened. You know, a lot of women claimed that they were sexually assaulted and abused. There was a lot of drug use and drug abuse um, within that that organization at the time. This season, on season two, we take a sharp turn and we really explore the stories of the women themselves, why they made the controversial decision to pose, what happened during the time that they posed, and then what the consequences have been in their life since then with their careers or families, you know, their personal lives. And so it's, it's really fascinating. Tonight on the first episode that I host, we talked to professional athletes, women who chose to commodify their brands as athletes by posing in Playboy and what happened to them and what the reaction was from the sports community and from their families. And next week, we talked to women in uniform that posed, and also, for example, uh, the first woman in a wheelchair that posed, one of the first black women that posed, mm-hmm. the first ge- transgender woman that posed. So we, we talked to women about their specific stories and journeys and, and what the ramifications of being associated with the brand have been to them. Which, which are all really different stories. Nobody has the same story. Lisa, that's so interesting. Do you ever find any common threads, like for the majority, are people finding that they're proud they did it? Do they regret it? Kind of what, what would be the common things you've noticed? Thanks, Brittany, for asking that. There's about 50-50. So I would say, you know, half of the, the women that, that we've spoken to and that we know about were really proud of their association with Playboy. You know, they were happy that they posed. They had a great relationship with Hugh. Nothing bad happened to them. Um, so they, they kind of came away with a positive experience. But then there were, you know, another roughly half of the women that we talked to were really traumatized and felt they were too young to be making this decision. Yeah. Uh, they signed contracts that they felt that they were um, kind of forced to sign without having a, a lawyer look at it. And as we now know, in the last couple of decades, all of those images and videos that were taken through 50 or 60 years have been sold to hardcore porn sites without these women's oh, permission. God. Wow. And so now these women don't have, you know, any agency over their images out there in the world because they signed contracts when they were young. Some of them had been drinking at the time. You know, they were giving them champagne and, and drugs, uh, pot or wine and so they were they were signing these contracts on the set that they didn't even know what the contracts meant. They yeah. just wanted to be Miss July 1972. <laughs> they didn't know the internet was going to happen and that you know that this that this was going to be a thing in their lives forever. So that's kind of what we're exploring is that different people have different perspectives about what happened to them. And I think it's fair to say that after the Me Too movement, I think we can all talk about you know, why it is that it, it's okay for men to look at Playboy through the years, but it's not okay for women to pose for the Playboy magazine. Um, you know, and so the brand, I think we, we can really, I think, drill down on those stories and, and think about that. I think that's fair. 
You know, I have a question for you about that, Lisa, if you don't mind. Um, sure. I've never understood, I've got to be honest with you, I, I, you know, I saw Playboy when I was a much younger kid and all the rest. I was a teenager and all the rest of it, and it was like fascinating at first. But then after a while, I, I turned 16, 17, whatever it was, it was kind of like the same picture of different women. And I found out a short time after that that I kind of liked being present if a woman was going to be naked. You know what I mean? Is that a weird thing? I, I just never got yeah. much out of looking at naked women's pictures. I did when I was very young, but that was about it. You know, I think that's really a, um, you, I don't know how old you are, but it, at certain eras, you know, for for men that didn't have the availability of, like, the internet mm-hmm. back in the day. In fact, the first time I ever saw a naked woman was in Playboy. I went with my dad to a barber shop, and they had a Playboy oh, magazine sure. the, on the coffee table. Yep. And so I thought, oh, that's how women are supposed to look. You know, that's how, that's the standard of beauty, right? That's what we're going to look like someday, or that's what we should be trying to look like. So I think it's really generational, to be honest with you, Tom. And and I think that, you know, men today, as we now know, science has shown and studies have shown that that young boys and young girls are exposed to porn, hardcore porn on the Internet and on their devices really young. So it's it's not. I mean, it's almost like quaint now, right? Playboy, you know, naked yeah. boobies or something. It's yeah. like it's it's quaint compared to what kids are exposed to today. Which also makes it even weirder that all these women have been slut shamed all these years yeah. for yeah. decades for for showing you know what is really truly you know their own choice to show their their naked form or not. You know, that's their choice, and it's you know honestly, Playboy was was pretty tame. Back in the day. No, it was no question about it. Lisa has only got one more minute left, so I got to ask you if you've ever heard the story about Johnny Carson talking about the the infamous picture of Burt Reynolds naked with his hand covering his genitalia. You remember that picture? Oh, was that in Playgirl, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, people thought that was great, and it was, you know, just added to his masculinity and his star power. Right. You know, it's okay for men to pose nude. It's okay, you know, that's you know, it's okay for female or for male athletes to pose nude in ESPN, the magazine. But if, you know, female athletes pose in Playboy, that's a different story, which is something we talk about tonight on A&E on Secrets of Playboy. So that's, that's kind of the conversation. And I think that's really interesting. But no, I didn't ever see Johnny Carson talking about it. Okay. Sure it was hilarious. Very quickly, he said, I got to be honest with you. Uh, they came to me before they came to Burt Reynolds to take that picture. <laughs> but they couldn't find a catcher's mitt. Of course. Well played, Johnny. Johnny. Lisa Guerrero, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Secrets of Playboy on A&E, the final two weeks of episodes tonight and next week. Lisa, always great to see your name on the docket. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you so much, Tom, and thank you, Brittany. Oh, thank you. You're so lovely. Oh, lovely. She is lovely. She's a beautiful woman, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, I do. I like her a lot, as a matter of fact. But Johnny Carson on there, they couldn't find a catcher's mitt, I mean, so they couldn't do it. Could you imagine how good? <laughs> yeah. That's very funny. It is. That is going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>